Amen. The Lord hears and answers prayers, doesn't he? We need to know our name is there, don't we? We need to know that we know that we know that we know the Lord Jesus. Amen. If you're, if you're in that condition or not, while they were singing that song, I love that song. There will be many people who say in that day, I'll say, Lord, Lord, I did great works in thy name. I cast out devils in thy name. And the Lord will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. What does that mean, you workers of iniquity? What it means is simply that you, as was preached last Sunday night, and I actually talked about this with Avery, and I sure do like hearing that where Bryson said, now that Avery's born again, I can get used to hearing that. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. And I told her last Wednesday night, before she gave her heart to Jesus, that we will be known by the fruits that we bear. And I said that a good tree cannot produce corrupt fruit. That's what Jesus said, Matthew 7. Nor can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Ye shall be known by the fruits that they bear. And in the same context, he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And so the, the answer is very clear, isn't it? Especially when we add in the book of 1 John. We add in Ephesians chapter number 2. We add in that wonderful passage, of, passage from Titus. We add in Galatians chapter number 5. We add in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Don't be deceived. Those which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. What we understand then about the gospel is that the answer is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. That behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. We are saved from our sins. He saves us from our sins. And praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. And think about it. If that is not what we're offering with the presentation of the gospel, that Jesus saves you from your sins, then what power does the gospel have? But it does that, that Jesus saves people from their sins. Amen? He changes them. It is a new birth. It's a new creature. I'm still praising God for what God has done in our family and in Avery's heart. And I come home from work Thursday, and I'm real careful. I didn't ask her how she felt because I don't want her or anybody else to think that our feelings determine whether or not we know God or not whether or not we're saved. Because this morning, I had the worst headache I've had, I think, in years. And I, if I use the language of my former pastor, I didn't feel very saved this morning. I could barely, it seemed like, open my eyes to see the light, the light from, from, the, from the light fixtures. I didn't feel good. I'm glad that our feelings have nothing to do with our eternal security. Amen? Amen. Nothing to do with it at all. But I asked Avery, how's it going and I asked her, I said, is it like, a, like, like something new? And she said, yes, Daddy. She has a wonderful way of speaking. And the more you get to know her, you'll appreciate her. I love my daughter. I love all my children deeply. And I, she, I asked her, is it it's like a new life? She went, yes, Daddy. I said, it's like the lights come on. She said, yes. And she, it's, like, it's like, now you see, now you hear. And I said, what you're experiencing is the new birth in Christ. A new birth. A new creature. Ye workers of iniquity, I don't know you. 
Why? It's not works salvation. It's not it at all. It's not a works-based salvation. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves sinners, that produces good works in us through faith. Amen? In other words, as Jesus said, we shall be known by the fruits that we bear. Amen? That's how we're known. And that's our assurance. It's not a memory. It's not what somebody tells you. It's your life being transformed through the power of Jesus Christ is the greatest evidence that you know Him. Amen? Amen. All right, book of Mark. Mark chapter, Mark chapter number 4. Mark chapter number 4. I appreciate tonight. I appreciate this morning. I want to communicate again. I, I, really, I really want our church to be a church that, that our music glorifies Jesus. That our singing exalts His name. I want our church to be a place filled with love, filled with love to God, love for each other, patience with each other, long-sufferingness. These are all fruits of the Spirit. I want our experience to be at Westside in our fellowship that we experience Jesus because we have really experienced Jesus. And this, this Christ, our Lord, is just pouring out of our lives in our behavior, in our attitude towards one another, in our music, in our singing. I, I want our preaching. This is my desire. I, I pray to God for this, that our preaching will feed us and that Christ, the book, will come alive in our hearts. That when somebody comes in this place, when somebody listens to preaching here at Westside, I'm not talking about how it's done. I'm talking about by the Spirit of God that He would do a work that we cannot do intellectually, emotionally, not we educationally know that God would do a work that people who are here among us, and us included, would grow in grace. Well, our, our last questions will be answered. We can build our families upon the truth that we hear here. That people can come here and find hope and answers to life's great questions. And they can hear about the mercy of God, the love of God in their hearts while they're listening and to singing and music and preaching. That they can experience God because God's in it. And their heart will begin to burn for the truth. And Patty asked us, uh, she's asked several of us, what would be a motto for Westside? And I'm working on it. I really am working on it. We ought to be able to communicate what we want God, or we can say what God is doing here. And I'm working on it, but I, me personally, I want it to be something like this, that this is our experience at Westside. That this is a place that where we, we hear the truth and we live the truth. We hear it and we live it. And it ought to be noticeable. And if we do that, Jesus will be lifted up. And then all men will be gathered unto Him. One time they asked the great minister, John Wesley, who was on fire for Jesus. And he drew great crowds for Christ. He would preach out in an open field like John the Baptist. He'd just start preaching. And one time somebody asked him, why do people come and listen to you? I don't suppose that he was that great of an orator. 
I don't think that he had really the gift of gab. And they asked him, why do, you, why do people come listen to you? Why are people coming to listen to you? I think it was Wesley who said, he said, because they come to watch me burn. He's on fire for Christ. And people are attracted to that. The light, the light of the gospel. And people are drawn to it, whether they know Christ or not. And that's what I, I want. I want what happens here to be the light of the gospel. And thank you, Lord. It's a perfect segue into our passage. And so I wanted you to invite you to look at Mark chapter number 4. And let's look at verse number 21 beginning there. Jesus said, and he said unto them, and this, is a, this tonight is maybe an unusually built sermon, but there's three points that are connected that Christ uses, and all three of these are connected one with another. And so we're, we're going to look at three different categories, and all of them apply to us tonight, obviously. But Jesus is trying to convey a truth, and if we listen carefully, and if God would help us, we'll be able to see it, what Christ is saying. Mark chapter 4, verse 21, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel, or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? And so he's, it's a rhetorical question. They know the answer to it. They, we don't wire up a light fixture, do we, Austin? for it not to light the room. We don't hang a light fixture and wire it up and connect it to a circuit breaker tied into the electrical grid. We don't do it to cover it up, do we? We're not doing it. We're doing it so it could light the room, so everybody in the room could benefit from it. So Jesus asks a rhetorical question. You know the answer to it. Nobody would light a candle or a lamp or a light fixture to not use it appropriately. So we do it so everybody in the room can see. It is a benefit to everybody in the room. So in verse number 22, Jesus says, There is nothing hid which should not be manifested. Nothing was, nothing, neither was anything kept secret, but it should all come abroad. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples that you are to teach and to show through the, the parable we learned last time I preached. You are, to, you are to shine the light of the truth that you know to other people. Verse 21 is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set under a candlestick is in response to Jesus' parable of the sower and the seed. And what he's saying to his disciples is, is that what you learn, what you know, what you are taught, it is you are to teach and to show the gospel to other people. So what you experience, the light that you have, you are to be light bearers. You are to shine the light. So Christ is saying, I'm putting my truth in you, and it's not to be hidden. That's why it says in verse 22, There is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret which shall not be come abroad. So we could, we, could, we could infer that Christ is saying to his disciples, I'm teaching you not so just so you can know. I'm, I'm shining my light into you, not just for you. I want my light to shine in you, and I want your light to shine into them. I want what the secret things that I've done in your heart, I want it to be made known. 
The good things I've done in you, I want it to be evident. If I've done something good for you, it ought to be able to shine out of your life. If, if, if Christ be in you, then Christ should be seen in you. It, it has to be that way. Because why would we hang a light fixture and it not light the room? And why would Christ be in your heart and it not light your life? And why would your life not be lit up and other people see it? How could you contain the light of Christ that's in you? So, back to the introduction, Christ should be seen at Westside. Christ should be noticed. Christ should be experienced. Christ should be, he should, he, he, our, our lives, Christ in us, should be infectious to other people. Not, not, not just a church service. That our lives should light up the room wherever we're at. We should be the thermostat to the culture of our generation. We are the light that's supposed to shine in darkness. What Christ has done in us should be seen by other people. It's not under a bed. It's not under a bushel. And I don't, 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 don't misunderstand. It's not some great effort that we are to, I must shine the light. No, it is a natural or a supernatural response to what Christ has done already in your life. That Jesus in you will be Jesus seen through you. It's not some mustering up, some great work, some great effort, like I'm going to do it today, I'm going to do it. No, it is Christ in you. And it's seen. And it's noticed. What Christ does in the secret places of your heart is to be set on a candlestick so everybody can see what Christ has done for you. In verse number 24. And he said unto the... Verse 23, let's add that. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is saying, is this thing on? Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's what Christ is saying. Verse number 24. He says unto them, Take heed what you hear. Christ is worried about what we hear, isn't He? Our Lord is worried about how carefully we listen. Jesus uses expressions like, Verily, verily, if you have ears to hear, do you hear what I'm saying? Some of you will hear and some of you won't. Christ is always worried about our hearing, our listening. He said unto them, take heed what you hear. Listen carefully. What measure you met or meet? What does that mean? Meet means use. So how much you use, what measure you use, it shall be measured to you again, shall be given to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. So Jesus says, take heed what you hear, for how much you hear, or to what extent you appreciate, you study, you, you study spiritual truth, or you apply your heart to godly wisdom. How much you 
hear or use to the extent you appreciate, you study spiritual truth, you're listening carefully to the voice of God, you're studying Scripture to know it, to apply your heart to truth, to live according to Scripture, however much you use of what you hear, Jesus says unto you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. So however you care to hear or listen, to absorb, to appreciate, to apply it, to apply your heart to truth, to spiritual knowledge, however much Jesus says you want it, you'll have that much more. So if you want more of Jesus, you get more of Jesus. If you want more truth, you'll get more truth. If, you, if, you, if what you hear you use you'll get all that you need, okay, Jesus is saying. Now, all these are connected to the light, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But in verse 25, For he that hath, to him shall be given. So if you have a teachable heart, you're going to get it. Whatever you seek, you'll find. For he that hath a teachable heart, to him shall be given. And he that hath not a teachable heart, he's speaking about your, your appreciation of the truth. He that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. So Christ says, if you want more, you're going to get more. If you don't want more, listen carefully, what you have will be taken from you and it will be given to the one who does want it. It could be this, that God's kingdom on earth, God's work on earth will get done, it will get accomplished, He will use, He wants to be used, He will teach, He wants to be taught, He will, he will, he will influence those that want to be influenced, Christ will grow those who want to be grown, but those who don't, it will be taken from you. And it will be given to the one who wants it. And I think we've experienced this in our lives. And we've seen it and we've noticed it. Have you ever noticed any Christian who wants to grow their heart in Christ, their heart seems to grow in Christ, doesn't it? You'll never find a heart that wants to grow that does not grow. You'll never find a Christian who wants more of Jesus that does not get more of Jesus. You'll never find a saint that seeks and does not find. You'll never find a heart that says, Christ, I hear you. I want more. I want more. I want to get brighter. I want to get brighter. I want you to grow in me. I want to deny. I want to decrease. I want you to increase. I'm tired of me. I want more of you. I want you. I need you. I want you. You'll never find someone that doesn't grow. But haven't we all experienced those who don't care? It seems they begin to care less and less and less and less and they grow, they, they wither and they wither and they wither. Could it be the fulfillment of verse 25? Yes, it is that. Those who don't care, Christ says, fine. He takes it from them and gives it to the one who does. Take heed what you hear, Jesus says. 
with what measure, how much you meet, or how much you use what you hear, it shall be measured unto you. It shall be given to you. So that the rate of your desire will be the rate of your increase. The rate of your appetite, your hunger, will be the rate in which you're fed. But those who hath not, not, verse 25, a yearning for the spiritual truth of the gospel, from him shall it be taken, even that which he hath. Verse 26. He says this now. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man shall cast seed into a ground. So Christ is saying, this is what the kingdom of God is. This is what it looks like. Verse 27. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn of ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth it in the sickle, because the harvest is come. It's a mystery, isn't it? Verse 27, the man puts seed in the ground and grow up, and he knoweth not how. I don't know how God does it. This gospel seed is a mystery how it germinates, isn't it? It's a, it's a mystery how it takes place. I don't understand it. Just like I grew up last year, we're going to do it again. We are corn people, my family. We like fried corn, don't we? We grew Silver Queen. I don't really know how it works. You don't either. Matter of fact, I don't think anybody does. Jesus said, so was the resurrection like this, that a seed dies, it's put into the ground, it's dead, it is dead, and then it comes up and brings forth fruit. It literally resurrects. A dry, dead seed put into the ground resurrects and brings forth life. It's a great mystery, isn't it, how the gospel works. I don't really understand how Jesus came back to life. I don't know how that a dead man comes to life again. I don't really understand how he lives to never die again. I know it's through the power of an endless life. These things are too high for me. I can't comprehend them. I can't understand them. I'll never, as a matter of fact, have the answers to these questions that I have. But I do know this. I do know that it's true. And I know this everlasting Christ, He lives in me. And this everlasting Christ has changed my life. This everlasting Christ has brought repentance to my soul. This everlasting, all-powerful Christ has saved me. This everlasting, all-powerful, never-to-die-again Christ rose me from my death, rose me from my sins. I died with Christ. I don't understand it. I don't understand how He bore my sins on the tree. I don't understand it, but I know my sins are gone. I don't understand it. How in the world I came to know Him. Like the song we sing, it says, I cannot tell you the how. I do not understand it, do you? I don't understand it anymore than I understand how sweet corn kernels planted in the ground brings forth fruit. I don't understand how a little bitty seed, one kernel of corn, can bring a whole stalk and there's three or four ears of corn coming from that one little kernel. I don't understand how something so small can produce so much fruit. 
I, but don't despise the day of small things. Amen? I don't understand how when I was just a little boy, just like Avery was a little girl, how Jesus drew me, how He called me, how He convinced me, how I came to my senses, how the light of the Gospel came on, how I began to regret and worry about the sin and the law of God I spurned. I don't understand how in the world I would ever choose Jesus over my sin. I don't understand it. I'm just like the farmer who don't understand how the seed planted in the ground brings forth so much fruit. It is a mystery to me, isn't it to you? Isn't it a mystery to some of you how now you're sober and you once was a drunk? Isn't it a mystery to some of you how once you despise the things of God but now you love them? Isn't it some strange thing that's happened to you, isn't it? It's a strange thing that's taken place in your life, isn't it? I'm thankful for the mystery of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't understand it, but I sure do appreciate it, don't you? I don't understand it, but I sure do see the fruit of it. I don't understand how the corn grows, but I sure do see that row of corn bearing fruit. And so is the kingdom of God. Amen? It's just like that. Avery told me. As a matter of fact, this started at Bible school. God working in her life. You think, what good today that I do could have good down the road. How could my lot affect somebody's life? How can my spiritual growth be to the benefit of somebody else's life? You see it? We're putting it together now. How can what I do for Jesus affect anybody? Because I don't see the results of it today. But so is the kingdom of God, Jesus said. What you do right now is going to come up later on, isn't it? The good work God begins now, it's going to grow and it's going to bring forth fruit and God's going to use it to transform your life and the lives of the people around you. And Avery said, she told us, that this started after Bible school. Bible school was in June of last year. So the light of the gospel that we shined at Westside had an effect in somebody's life in June of 2023. We put our candle, our lamp on a mantle that all could see. We don't really understand what's going on. We don't understand it. We put forth spiritual growth. We sought to grow. We sought to grow in grace as individual Christians. We, me and, I know Brian, me and Brittany are working on it. I can't say just like, I don't know what's going on in your life. You don't know what's going on in my life. But I can tell you, we've been trying to live right, haven't we, Brittany? We watch our language, don't we? We ain't cussing over there at the greenhouse. You ain't got to cuss to talk, say amen. You don't have to live that way. We're not running around angry at each other. We're trying to do right. We're ethical. We're trying to spend our money right. We're trying to be appropriate with all the blessings God has given us. We attach God to our decisions, and we make sure our children know. What are we doing? We're trying to let our light shine. And we're trying to grow. I don't know about you all, but I'm just speaking for us. We're trying to grow. We want to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what measure we meet, we know will be meted unto us again. And we don't want anybody else to get it. We want it. We want to grow in grace and God to impact our lives. But you know what? It's a mystery. Because you know what? You do all that praying. And you do all that preaching. And you do all that laboring. And you do all that testifying, and you do all that coming to church. You know what? I planted that corn yesterday, and it still ain't come up. 
I planted that corn after the first frost and here it is a month later and it still ain't bearing no fruit. Should I just give up? No! It's a mystery. I don't know how it happens, but I know it works. I know it works. Now there's a lot of people thinking, I'm going to do nothing like that until I figure out how it works. Farmers don't even know how it works, but we're going to eat the corn, amen? I've said before, I'm not, I don't know how electricity works. Maybe Austin can help me. I don't understand how on a molecular level we can have the electrons bouncing around through a wire and it energizes a light bulb, but you know what? I'm not going to sit in a dark room until I figure it out. I'm going to turn the light switch on. And so it is with the kingdom of God. You might not think it's working, but God is germinating that seed. You might not think that your Bible reading is impacting your life, but God is planting seeds in your life. And you might not think coming to church on a Sunday night is worth it, but so is the kingdom of God. It's like a man who plants a seed in a field, and he goes to bed and rises again and goes to bed and rises again, and then one day fruit begins to grow what is Jesus teaching us through these three things, these three statements? And I jotted them on a post-it note while the choir was singing because I was praying, God, I still need to be able to see it because it never ends. Sometimes Brittany asks, I'm about through, do you have the sermon? I go, I don't know yet. It never ends. And we should never stop pursuing the truth. Sunday school teachers don't think, I got it now. No, think about it at night. Rise up Sunday morning and think about it and chew on it and dwell on it because God might be revealing it at the last moment. So don't stop. You've not arrived. Take heed what you hear. For with what measure you meet or use what you hear, to the it shall be measured unto you again. So here, here it is. Here's the summary of the whole thing. Share the lot. Apply your heart to growth. Trust God for the results. That's it. Share your lot. That, should be, that really should be natural after the new birth. Because Christ is in you. It's His work. Just, just live. Amen. Don't hide the lot. Because here's what's interesting about that. The lot's already burned. Don't hide it. Just let it burn. Let that thing burn. Let it go. Just be yourself. Let the world deal with you. Here, how to Be yourself. Yeah, be the Christian. Just be yourself. That's who you are. If you're in Christ, just be yourself. Let everybody else deal with that. Be the light. You be yourself. Let them deal with that. Let them deal with the books that you read. Let them deal with what you do on the weekend. Let them deal with that. Because don't we have to deal with them? So here it is. Shine your light. Apply your heart to growth. Trust God for the results. This is the kingdom of God. Shine the light, apply your heart to growth, and trust God for the results. It's on my mind. It's a big event. I don't care. I'm going to talk about it. Wednesday night when Avery was giving her heart to Christ. What an experience for her. But it's like it's cool being on my side of it too. Especially with young people. There at that last moment, Pete... I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I know I can, I can convince anybody to pray a prayer after me, but I want her to give her heart to Jesus. You know? 
I want her to know Christ. I even told her that. I said, listen, I, she can testify to this. Think this right, Avery. I, didn't want, I said, I don't want you looking back and thinking that I don't want the, even the devil using the idea that, that her dad pressured her into making a decision for Christ. And I asked her, do you want Christ more than anything? And she said, yes, Daddy. And so now we have a tender heart, don't we? I quoted Romans 10.9, But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Because I didn't know what to do. So what you do? You just use Scripture. Because it's the seed, it's the gospel seed that germinates. And I'll be honest with you, it's a great mystery. I don't really know how it works, but I know it works. It's amazing because you know why? It's a living book. It's a living word. And it's germinated into the heart and it brings forth fruit. I don't understand it. But just do it. So, Romans 10, 9, I told her. I said, here's what it is. If you really believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and why did he die? See, it leads to the gospel. He died because of your sins, and we discussed that. But if you really believe that Jesus arose from the dead, and he's alive right now, if you really believe that with your heart, you're going to say, Lord, Lord, be my Savior. Because you believe it. He's alive. He's not dead. He was buried. He arose from the dead. And if you believe that, you'll say, Lord, Lord, save me. Be my Savior. I don't really know how it works. But it works. It works. Shine your light. Apply your heart to truth. And trust God for the results. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hey, we're proud of what God's doing in our church. Let, let's be humble, submissive, gracious, thankful for what God is doing in our lives. These are not small things that are happening here. These are not insignificant. They should be noticed, praised God for, appreciated. We should be eternally grateful for what God is doing in our hearts. The devil wants to blind us to the things of God. God is doing amazing, incredible things. And to Him be the glory for it all. Amen? Just two weeks ago, we had Sister Sabrina, according to her testimony, that's why I don't care to speak about it, how God had transformed her life and changed her heart and brought her, praise God, returned her to the gospel. Amen? And we got to witness that, that, that baptism last Sunday night. And then the news this week, hey, prayer room works, prayer room people. Amen? Amen. Youth, youth program works. Amen? Amen. It's a mystery, though, isn't it? It's a mystery. You know why it's a mystery? I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know. Even if I did, I don't know how to fix it. But God knows how. He's the light of the world. No need to walk in darkness. Maybe tonight there's a great need. Maybe the greatest of all needs is you've not been born again. Repent and believe the gospel. And when you believe it, Lord, 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 save me. Lord, I come to thee. I surrender all, Lord. I give you my heart. I trade you my sin for your salvation, Lord. And Christian, let's shine our light. Let's act ourselves. Let's act natural as a Christian. It's who we are. Is it not who you are? If it's who you are, don't hide the lie. Just be yourself.
Be yourself in Christ. You're a new creature. Be yourself. Apply your heart to know more. If you'll do it, you'll grow. You'll be a better farmer. Your light will get brighter. People will be drawn to you. People will be attracted to you spiritually. And you can sow gospel seed. And then trust God for the results. It might take six, seven, eight months. It might take 20 years. That's the mystery of it, isn't it? That's the mystery. But God gives the increase. Amen? Let's sing together.